everybody. Welcome to Zone Defense with Chris Rowan and Drew. We talk all things NBA and NFL. Be sure to follow us on Spotify at Zone Defense Podcast, on Twitter at Zone Defense Pod, and hit that subscribe button down below because it really helps out our channel a lot. Also, drop a comment and let us know who is your favorite prospect of the 2021 NFL Draft. Today, we will be releasing the Zone Defense 2021 NFL Mock Draft 1.0. How's it going, guys? I'm good, Drew. I'm excited to get into it. Last week, we looked at Peter Schrager's mock. I mean, it was pretty decent, uh, except for that Davis Mills pick. But uh, other than that, I'm, I'm excited to get into our own. Yeah, uh, this this should be a uh, a good time, man. You know, uh, drafts in a couple weeks. I, I'm extremely excited for it. I don't know about you guys, but it, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be franchise changing for a couple of these teams that we'll talk about coming up. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the actual draft. I'm also looking forward to diving into it with you guys. Um, so the way this is going to work is the very first pick, since it's pretty much unanimous, we're all just going to make together. Um, and then it's going to go me, Chris, Roman. We'll just keep going back and forth until we get to the last pick, and we'll make that last pick together. Might be a funny pick, might be a real pick. We'll see when we get there. But to start, um, I think there's no question who the number one overall pick is going to be. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence. So I'll just go ahead and add him right there. Um, any comments, questions, concerns with that pick? This is a no. shock, man. You know, this is really <laughs> surprising. I thought Lawrence would be, you know, he would stay on the board for my first pick at three, but it, it, it unfortunately didn't happen. Sorry to uh, really screw up your draft board there, Chris. Um, but yeah, Lawrence, he's going to go to Jacksonville. Um, there, I know there's some buzz that maybe Zach Wilson's going to be the guy at number one, but Lawrence, his shoulder's fine now. Um, he's throwing without he's any He's already games. at the playbook too. Yeah, so that's good to hear. Urban Meyer was like, standing right behind him at his pro day like a month ago so um yeah so he's gonna go to jacksonville they finally get their quarterback uh he's looking like it might be the next great thing so hopefully that works out for jacksonville um next up is me i will be the role of joe douglas in the new york jets um they obviously just traded sam darnold about what two weeks ago now um, about a week and a half ago maybe um, so they're going to get a quarterback here. I know, Chris, if you had this pick, you would go a different way. But I'm going to go with Zach Wilson. Um, I think that's who most likely they are going to take. Um, and to me, I know not to rehash, and we went over it in last week's episode, um, but I think Wilson's a little bit better than Fields. However, the two are, are very, very close. Um, so I think the Jets, as long as they get Wilson or Fields, I think they can't go wrong. Um, but ultimately, I like Wilson a little bit more. I think the Jets like Wilson a little bit more. So that's why he's the pick here, number two. Yeah, I mean – it looks like he's going to be second overall pick, so I do not blame you. Uh, personally, like I, we have already exhausted, you know, plenty. Uh, Justin Fields, I feel like makes total sense at two, but I, it's not going to happen. I think he's going to end up falling further than people think. But I'll, I'll let Roman talk before I make my pick. Yeah, I mean, Fields, he has another pro day while we're recording, and the Jets are supposed to be there. So, I mean, things could change, but I think yep. it's pretty likely that Wilson will go too. Yes, sir, for sure. Uh, I'll jump into my next pick here. Uh, you know, I could go with Justin Fields here. That's definitely a very big possibility, but I'm going to play the game. You know, this has been obviously a very much rumored destination for this player. I'm going to take Mac Jones here at three. I don't want to. I don't think he's a good pick here at three person. I think it's a little bit of a reach. He's still a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's a good quarterback, but I, I think taking Lance or Fields are probably better picks, but I think really believe that he's going to San Fran. I think it's almost a lock that this is going to be the top three now, you know, with all the, the all the rumors we've heard for sure. Yeah, I was interested to in seeing if you'd go the way you'd do it or whether you're going to pick the way that we think or the, the 49ers will probably go, which is Mac Jones. So 
it's, I'm glad you made that pick, but at the same time, you definitely could see Fields go here or Lance even. Right. Yeah, as you said, Chris, and we talked about it last week's episode, I don't agree with the pick of Mac Jones at number three for a multitude of reasons. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but he kept overthrowing players um, in his pro <laughs> day as well. Uh, that was kind of funny to see the, some of the reactions to that. Um, and I think both Fields and Lance are just better quarterback prospects. But the Niners, apparently Mac's their guy. He works with their scheme, whatever. Um, I, of course, am the belief to take the guy that's best available, and then you work around the quarterback, regardless of what your freaking scheme is. But Hey, got them. They got them to the Super Bowl. They almost won the Super Bowl. So maybe if they think they can do it with Mac, who am I to tell them differently? But uh, Roman, I'll let you do your first pick now. Yeah, I'm not gonna say the draft starts at four because obviously there's some controversy at three. But I think four could be the earliest a non-quarterback could go. Let's just say that. I mean, Sewell could be an option. Pitts could be an option here as early as four. Um, and we've obviously seen other mocks that the, the Falcons want to trade down. Uh, which is also possible. But in this mock draft, we're doing no trades. Uh, and I'm still going to go with Justin Fields at number four. I think, obviously, Matt Ryan will be there forever. I think Justin Fields could be – or will be in the long-term plans for them uh, at four. Or if he doesn't – if he, uh, the Falcons don't take him at four, I'm sure another team will trade up and pick him at four. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because um... – I, I think Fields is going to go at four, whether it's to Atlanta or to, like we saw in last week's mock with Peter Schrager, to New England or another team. Um, I think he's most likely going to go at four, even though some people say he might drop to as low as eight or nine, which that would be really nuts considering um, Chris thinks he's the number two best pros- quarterback prospect. We think he's the number three guy. So if he goes that low, it'll be really crazy. But yeah. um, if he goes to Atlanta, though, I think that'd be an interesting spot as well. Um, I do, though, think if Atlanta keeps this pick, I think they might go somewhere else because their owner, their GM, everyone's been pretty adamant that they're sticking with Matt Ryan. So I might be kind of surprised if they went with him. Yeah. I think what would be more likely is that they trade down. If they do go quarterback, trade down, get Trey Lance because um, he's more of a developmental project than Fields is. So then mm-hmm. they can kind of groom him than when they let Ryan go. But overall, like the pick. And I think, like I said, whether it's Atlanta or somebody else, he'll go number four. Yeah, I mean, with uh, with Fields, I mean – I, yeah, for me, I don't think if the Falcons will take Fields here at four, I think they would be more likely to go elsewhere besides quarterback if they stay at four because you know they they restructure Matt Ryan's contract. His uh, you know, his cap hit over the next two years is ridiculous. So he's gonna be their starting quarterback for at least the next two seasons. But after that, they may they may you know draft or sign a new quarterback. But I think he's gonna be he's gonna be their quarterback for the next couple of years. So I don't expect him to take quarterback. I think they will trade out of this pick though personally for. The Patriots is who I think will go up and, and move up and take Fields or Lance. That, yeah, that's that's definitely likely. Um, but uh, it wouldn't be surprising, like I said, if, if Fields goes at four. But it would be, it'd be kind of surprising if the Falcons stay at four and then also take Fields. But um, we'll just have to wait and see in a couple weeks. Um, I have the next pick here with Cincinnati. Um, I think any of the top three guys that are currently on this board right here in Sewell, Pitts, or Chase – Cincinnati could realistically take here. Um, they could use a nice receiver and chase also combine the LSU connection. Like we saw that Peter Schrager did last week with chase and Joe Burrow. We could do Kyle Pitts at tight end. That'd be a really interesting fit there. Um, but ultimately I'm going to go with Sewell. I think they have a decent receiving core. They have decent weapons um, and they could also probably fill those needs later on in the draft. Um, however, they really need to address their offensive line. That's their most pressing need at the moment. Um, and getting a guy like Sewell, um, especially with Joe Burrow coming off an injury would be really nice. He's the best offensive lineman um, in the draft. So getting him a number five, I think only makes sense for the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, Sewell is the is the best offensive lineman, one of the best players in this entire draft class. I think he makes perfect sense going here at five to to uh, Cincinnati, which we talked about a lot. You know, Jamar Chase, similarly talented prospect, but to me, really just doesn't make a lot of sense when you can't block anybody. So I think Sewell instantly gives them, you know, uh, at least a top twenty offensive line. You know, they've been right at the at the basement of the league for for a while now. So I think he at least he will at least make them a mediocre offensive line, if not good. You know. Yeah, I think people are forgetting that Joe Burrow is hurt and he may not even start next season at the beginning of the year. They need someone to protect him. They can get weapons at any point in the draft. Um, although it would be nice to reunite Chase and, and Burrow, I think you got to protect him. That's that's the number one priority here. Yeah, that was my that was my mindset. And I think they can still get some additional weapons for Burrow um, later in the draft. But as you guys both said, if Burrow's hurt, it doesn't matter who he's going to throw the ball to. So uh, Sewell, I think, is a really good pick here. But Chris, I'll let you get into the uh, Dolphins' first pick. Right, and this is probably my, in my opinion, one of my mo- one of the most interesting picks in the top ten. You know, there's a lot of things that the Dolphins can do here at the number six pick, which they gave themselves. You know you know, trading back and then trading back up, getting an extra pick, you know, overall, I think this was a, was an A plus move for the front office here in Miami. Ah, uh, man, this pick is extremely tough. There's three names. I'll just say all three of them that I'm interested in taking here. You know, Kyle Pitts, obviously could make some sense for, for the dolphins. Maybe, maybe that one's a little bit more of a luxury and they're not quite ready. So I think he's probably the least most likely of these three guys, but Jamar chase obviously makes a ton of sense here as well. They need weapons on the outside, but they, they did get fuller in the offseason. So I'm going to select the offensive lineman that I think they're going to take, which is Rashawn Slater. Could potentially go before Sewell, but, you know, Slater is a great offensive tackle. He's, he's going to be, you know, he's extremely versatile as well. I think he's he's going to go higher than, you know, he, maybe he's not as exciting as Sewell because, you know, Sewell's just been always been touted as a generational talent. I think Slater's right there. This is just a really good offensive line class. And these two both are going to go extremely early, probably both in the top 10, in my opinion. You kind of surprised me here. I think you, I think you should have gone, well, I would have gone Pitts or Chase, um, but obviously it makes sense. If Sewell was available, they'd go with him. If right. Slater, obviously the best one on the best on the board, um, it makes sense. Uh, it, it makes my decision a lot harder uh, for the Lions at seven, but go ahead, Drew. Yeah, um, as the Carolina Panthers general manager here, um, I am scrambling now because that was that was my pick at, at number eight. I thought he was going to drop, so you kind of uh, you're you know I don't know if you've ever seen draft day, but it's like the Jacksonville uh, general manager room where right. they're running around screaming. So that's that's kind of what's going on in my uh, draft hub right now. But uh, uh, overall, I like the pick. I think I would have not just because I'm the Panthers GM, but I think I would have went. Um, Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts, um, just to give them an outside weapon. Look, but um, you yeah. really can't go wrong with any of those three guys. Um, so Slater makes sense for the Dolphins, and hopefully uh, Roman can take a while with his Lions pick so I can figure out what I'm doing at eight. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a second to uh, – both of you a second to think about this really quick while I talk about the pick a little bit more. Yeah, I just think, you know, I mean, at tight end, it's kind of more of a – this is a team that, you know, they, they were right around that, you know, playoff race all year last year, and, and they came up a little bit short. But – uh you know, they, they got Mike Kosicki, who's not a bad tight end. I don't really think it makes a lot of sense for them to spend another pick on a tight end when their offensive line still isn't that good and, and you know, struggled a little bit to protect Tua last season, which was part of the reason it wasn't that good. It wasn't just on him. And like you said, you know, uh, you know, Chase also makes a lot of sense. They definitely might take him here. But I think the addition of Will Fuller doesn't make – wide receiver is much of a pressing issue. Maybe they take him with their other first rounder. Maybe they take him in the second round. You know, I 
to me, I think Slater fills the biggest need for them, I guess. So I went with him. And there was even talks maybe the Lions going Slater at seven if he was Might available, just to. just so you can bolster the offensive line. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to cut this short for you, Drew. I mean, if I'm the Lions, I'm sprinting up to the podium right now, turning in the card. Uh, it's got to be Jamar Chase for me. And if he wasn't on the board, I don't know if I would even touch wide receiver in terms of Waddle or Smith. I, I don't think they should go that early. Um, I, obviously, Pitts would also be a good pick. And like I said, last week, I think Lions fans have not come around to taking him early. Um, considering he has a tight end tag on him. Uh, another player, obviously, I would be thinking about is Micah Parsons, who I think maybe six or seven is the earliest he could go. And he's been fluctuated in terms of mock drafts all across the first round. So there's no there's no really a good hold of where he would go. Uh, but obviously, the Lions do need that line, that linebacker. Um, obviously, we need, we need speed and strength, and obviously, right. we don't have any, either of that. Uh, but when a guy like Jamar Chase is available, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of a no-brainer here. Yeah, I mean, Chase is clearly the best prospect at wide receiver in this class. And, I mean, he's been mocked at seven a lot, so I think a lot of people agree that, you know, the Dolphins have – there's a very good chance the Dolphins end up going with, uh, uh, you know, Sewell or Slater, and all the quarterbacks go up there as well. So I think Chase to the Lions, obviously it's been, you know, starting to be get more buzz or whatever, but I think this is a, a very good pick by you, and, and I think he – Maybe not right away is going to be awesome because of the quarterback situation and the offensive situation. But once they draft their inevitable heir to Jared Goff, I think that's when Chase will, you know, be show his value. I guess because I think he's going to be great. Yeah, I I like the pick. I I mean, they could go Chase, they could go Pitts, they could go Lance, they could go um, who was I just going to say Parsons. Um, I think any of those guys would make sense, and also trading down. So overall, oh, right, yeah, like, trading down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, overall, like the pick. Um, I think it. I would be really excited to see Jamar Chase in Lions jersey. Um, you got to give Jared Goff some weapons, even though if he, even if he's not the fu- the quarterback of the future. And I think Chase is a really really nice weapon. Um, so now I'm going into the eighth pick. Um, as I already said, I was planning on Rashawn Slater being available here at eight, so I had to kind of run around a little bit. Um, Kyle Pitts is still available, which is really intriguing. But I think overall. The Panthers, they got a lot of weapons there. They got they got some solid weapons. I don't think they really need a guy like Kyle Pitts, even though he is very, very intriguing. They could go Trey Lance, but they just got Sam Darnold. I know there are some rumors that maybe they, they still go quarterback. Already mentioned they have a lot of receivers, so I'm not really looking at Waddle or Smith. I think right here I'm looking at either Patrick Sertain or Christian Derisaw um, to either get the best cornerback in the draft or one of the best offensive linemen. Ultimately, I'm going to go Sertain here at cornerback. Um yeah. I think, thank you. I got you back. Um, so I, I think, he, yeah, I think he makes sense for Carolina. They're in a position, like I said, Pitts, if they go Pitts, would not be surprised, would not be disappointed if this is how the draft um, shakes out. Um, Darisaw, I just feel like this is a little bit high for me for him. Um, and I think Sertain, getting the best cornerback in the draft to help that um, young um, and young and promising, but still not great Carolina defense would be a really nice ad for, for, for the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, this move, Definitely makes sense for the Panthers. Their defense is extremely young, and Sertain being a top ten pick also adds a lot of talent to that already talented defense. You know, with all the with all their youth, so I think it makes a lot of sense. I was hoping you went with Kyle Pitts here to make my decision easier, but now I am. I still have one more pick that I would like to make for the Broncos, but this this probably would have been my pick. I mean, I don't really have much to add here. I think Sertain could have fit multiple teams in the next couple of picks, especially yep. at. Denver or even the Cowboys who are also trying to bolster anything on anything they have on defense. So I think either way, I haven't seen Sertan mock to the Panthers, 
before, but I think it's very interesting that you did that because they do need the corner help. And even though they went all defense last year's draft, they still need some help there. So yep. I'm glad you did that. Yep. Yeah, a lot, I, of, a lot of a lot of mocks have um, them going offensive lineman and then their backup being a cornerback. So that was my thought process here. Um, I do think, though, there is a chance that if the draft shakes out this way, that they could potentially trade down. But um, yeah, Chris, definitely. I'll let you take over here for the uh, Denver pick. Yeah, uh, so the, you did make my pick. Well, I was probably I wanted certain. I had him, you know, uh, a lot of notes for for teams coming up that would really be interested in him. Uh, for Denver, it makes their decision extremely easy. They don't have to trade up or anything. I think this is very realistic to happen. They could take Trey Lance, quarterback of the future, at number nine and not even worry about it. He could sit behind. Well, he could learn nothing behind Drew Locke, A, because <laughs> Drew Locke's terrible. But he could sit, you know, develop for a year, let Drew, Drew Locke shoot them in the face all season because they're not going to be very good with Drew Locke at quarterback. And then once he stinks, they can have another high pick, draft somebody talented in terms of a skill position player, and they'll have Trey Lance ready to go. So I think makes a lot of sense for the Broncos. If he ends up, you know, playing this year, which is very possible as well, because like I said, again, Drew Locke's horrible. Uh, he probably would be pretty good, even though he's still considered developmental prospect. I think he's got a lot of talent and, and could be a starter year one. So I, I definitely think he fits the bill for the, uh, for the Broncos pick here. I think you could also think that if Mac Jones was here instead of Trey Lance, I think you could see them still take a quarterback or even Micah Parsons who's still available. I mean, it makes sense for all the reasons you mentioned. So, I mean, they do need a quarterback. If, if Locke isn't the guy, I, I'm still willing to give him one more year, but obviously having that backup plan is something that they have to have. Yeah, this is a home run pick for Denver, in my opinion. Um, I think Lance is uh, hes not going to start year one, um, at least to start the year. He might start by the end of the season, but I, I'm with you, Chris. I don't think Drew Locke, I think at best he's a below average starting quarterback. His destiny is probably as a high-level backup. Um, and I think Lance has that upside of being a really nice player. So its it's been a quarterback carousel there in Denver for the last since Peyton Manning left for the most part. So that was what, five years ago. So um, hopefully Lance can kind of fix that for them. Um, but yeah, overall, I think if, if this happens for Denver, I think they'd be very, very, very happy that they didn't have to trade up or anything. And and similarly to the Lions, if I'm the Cowboys, I am absolutely sprinting to the podium for this pick. I think Sertan was obviously number one on their board, but if Kyle Pitts is still available, you take him. I think there are people thinking that they have to trade up for him, but ultimately if he's sitting, if he's falling right into your lap, you got to take him. And I know how much Jerry Jones has a, has a thing for Pitts, and I think this makes perfect sense considering he's dropped so far. Yeah, I, I really don't have a lot to add. I knew you were going to take Pitts here at 10 after I took Trey Lance. Makes a lot of sense. The Cowboys already have a fantastic offense. Adding a guy like Kyle Pitts, I I don't even – Dak might throw for 10,000 yards next year if, if he gets Kyle Pitts because I think – I mean, he's already – they already have maybe the best weapon group in the entire NFL in terms of offense with their current weapons, but adding Kyle Pitts, I mean, this could be, this could be the next Travis Kelsey. This could be the next George Kittle right here. And I think it will be most likely. I think Pitts is, is almost a sure thing as a, as a tight end prospect. So getting him at 10 is, is an absolute steal. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. 
Um, I think if you're a Giants fan, you're pretty ticked off right here because they've been another team that's been rumored to be interested in Kyle Pitts. So to have him fall almost to them at 11, um, they, they got to be really disappointed. But I, I really love the pick. I, I just can't imagine him dropping to 10. I'm really surprised because I know how much we all love Kyle Pitts that he dropped to 10. But if you look at the team needs, it, it makes sense. And uh, it wouldn't be surprising if a team trades up and gets him. But um, if that happens for Dallas where they get him at 10, that'd be a really, really nice value there for the Cowboys. But I'll hop in now to my Giants pick. Um, it does make my life a lot easier, though, because if Kyle Pitts was still there, I probably would have taken him, but I would have had to, to debate a little bit with myself. But uh, here, the Giants at 11, I think it's Micah Parsons. Um, he's been mocked in yep. the top 10 for um, a lot of different a lot of different drafts. Um, I think their offense is, is kind of set for the most part, especially after they got Kenny Galladay. So I'm not really looking at Waddle or Devontae Smith. Um, they could, I guess, potentially go offensive line here as well, but I think the defense is the more pressing issue, despite it being pretty good last year. But getting a guy, the best linebacker in the draft, and Micah Parsons, um, is a really good value here at a number eleven. And I think uh, it, it's a it's a nice pick for the Giants, even if they're disappointed they miss out on Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think Parsons uh, to the Giants makes a ton of sense. They they were able to get Kenny G in the offseason, so they don't they no longer need a wide receiver. Uh, Pitts would be a potential picker. I don't think he'll be there at eleven for him for them unless they end up trading up, which I also don't think they'll do. I think it's between you know getting Micah Parsons going maybe with a cornerback, maybe Sertain falls to eleven. I think that would make some sense. And then also offensive line. You know the the Giants all love their offensive linemen. You know they'll probably draft. 10 in a row, to be honest. They really love taking offensive linemen, so we'll see. They may end up going with another one this year just to try to shore up that offensive line, which would help Daniel Jones as well. So it's it would be a pretty good pick, but I definitely would would have taken Parsons here. I still think there's a good chance you could see Waddle at this spot or Smith, whatever one they prefer. I don't think just because it's on Galladay that means they're completely out in wide receiver. But oh, I, do. I, do, I do like the pick here. I mean, Mike, Micah Parsons makes sense. Um they don't really have anyone of notice, and I think just the fact that he's the, maybe the best defensive player available, I think it's a no-brainer if he if that's where they wanted to go over a wide receiver. But like I said, I, I still think a wide receiver could be in play here. Uh, I yeah, think it, they're totally out on receiver personally. I I mean they got they have three quality receiver. I know they cut Golden Tate, but they still have Kenny G, Sterling Shepard, and Darius Slayton. I think receiver might be their strongest position on the team. I think there is a zero percent chance they draft a wide receiver. That's just my opinion. The Giants have been pretty, uh, pretty uh, hard to hard to uh, figure read. out, though. Yeah. yeah, hard to read. So um, they could go receiver, but yeah, I'm I'm more with Chris. I think it's more likely they wait, especially now that they just spent all that money for Kenny Galladay. They wait till the later rounds um, yeah. to get a high level wider or a middle backup role player um, wide receiver. So that's why I think Parsons or Darisaw makes the most sense here for yeah. the Giants. But Chris, I'll let you take it away here for the Eagles. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, this is between two guys right here. The top two names on the list, uh, it's just basically pick your, uh, you know, pick your pleasure between these two receivers. I was going to say pick your poison, but these two guys are really, really high-level receivers. And, you know, Waddle's got a little bit more speed. I think he plays a little bit more like Jalen Rager, I guess I would say, in terms of, you know, Rager being a little bit smaller. He's got the speed profile. Devontae Smith maybe a little bit better all around. That's going to be my pick here. I'm going to take Devontae Smith. I know a lot of people think maybe Jalen Waddle should be the pick here because he's, you know, he's a burner. He's faster than Devontae Smith. But I think Smith is the better all-around player. I think he helps Jalen Hurts a little bit more in the offense because I think Rager on the other side 
kind of fills a similar role to what Waddle would because they both have, you know, that sub 4-4 speed profile with, uh, you know, they're a little bit smaller. I think, like I said, Smith just all around skill set makes a little bit more sense here. And that's why I'm going to go with him for the Eagles. I think it's a no brainer pick. One of those two receivers will go to the Philadelphia Eagles at 12 if Parsons is not on the board. Yeah, I pretty much agree with that. One of those two for sure. Yeah, not not much to add. Um, Smith has seemed like he's been dropping um, in a lot of different mocks, um, but I personally, like you, Chris, like him a little more than Waddle. So I think uh, the Eagles Eagles fans probably are ticked that they're getting another um, spending another first round pick on a receiver. But I think Smith is a good one, and hopefully Rager can rebound after a disappointing rookie season. Yep. So I'm at 13 with the Chargers. I th- it's kind of funny how you know the Bengals and Dolphins both drafted offensive tackles for their their rookie their well their, their second year quarterbacks at this point and that's exactly what i'm going to do for the chargers i'm going to take christian darisaw i do think it's a sneaky place to take a uh, waddle or or smith if he's still available i'm just adding another weapon for herbert that would just be insane but obviously you got to focus on your quarterback and his protection and darisaw is the best offensive lineman still on the board yeah i i like this pick a lot maybe i would go with waddle over him just because this is a team a team that shouldn't be picking at 13, in my opinion. I think the Chargers are a very good, put together, very well put together team. They addressed a lot of the offensive line concerns, but they still need another offensive tackle. I think Derisaw, you know, his blocking profile definitely fits the bill. He, he's a, he, he's, uh, you know, he was a absolute bruiser at Virginia Tech, and I mean, he was part of why their power running scheme was so effective throughout the years. But I, you know, if either if either of those other two guys fall in the draft, either of the other two offensive linemen that have already been taken, that will also be a no-brainer pick for the Chargers. So I think if any of these three guys are there, I think will make a lot of sense for the Chargers. Yeah, and I think it's very likely that one of those three guys is available here at oh, 13. Yeah. So. Probably Darius. Um, yeah, so I think that's a really nice pick for the Chargers. Um, I don't have too much to add, so I'll hop into my pick unless anyone else anyone else to add about that pick. Okay, so I'll hop into my pick for the Minnesota Vikings. I think they're obviously going to go defense here. The defense was brutal last year. They could go Jalen Waddle, but they're receiving core. I know Adam Thielen's getting up there in age, but they also have Justin Jefferson. That's not a pressing need, even though Waddle's there. Um, I think they got to go defense here. And maybe somewhat surprisingly, I'm going to go – I was going to go off the board, so I think maybe I'm not going to go off the board. No, I am going to go off the board. I'm going to go Jalen Phillips here. So I'm going to look him up real Dang quick. It. He's not there. Um, but yeah, he's lower in this <sighs> in this uh, system, but um, he's been higher on most other boards. But yeah, I'm going to go Jalen Phillips, the edge rusher out of Miami. They could go. The other guy I was looking at was Aziz Ojulari. Um, but I, I like Phillips a little bit, a little bit more, even though he's lower in this system. So um, I think either of those guys would work out for Minnesota, but ultimately I think Phillips will be the pick here at 14. Yeah, I I'm not happy you took him because this was potentially going to be my pick here at 15. I know he was <laughs> off the board as well, but I was, I think he might be, if not the best defensive player in this class, he's very close to it. And you're seeing it here. I mean, what he's a third, third defensive player off the board. He's definitely an elite, you know, prospect on defense and, and the best, in my opinion, the best defensive lineman in the class, maybe even the best front seven guy in the class. I think this is a great pick, good value here for the Vikings who need a pass rusher. I think this may end up, you may have just, you know, helped the uh, Vikings make their pick at 14 in their, during the actual drive. You should give them a yeah. call after this. Mike Zimmer, this Mike, Zim, if Mike Zimmer's watching this, um, just, you know, call give me a one-day contract. I'll help you out. Oh, yeah. And, I th- yeah, I just think this is a match made in heaven. I think Phillips provides a lot of the pressure that they need, and yeah, he's definitely the best edge rusher in this class. So, Nakes, it'd be a, this would be an A-plus pick for the Vikings, in my opinion. 
I wouldn't say he's the best edge rusher. I think he's honestly, honestly a toss-up. I mean, we saw in Schrager's mock, I mean, pay, could he pay win here? I don't yeah, think okay. there's necessarily an edge rusher that that's going to be a, a clear consensus first off the board. I mean, we thought Gregory Russo was going to be the first off the board a month ago, and now he's almost projected to go in the second round. So I think it's pretty it's pretty flip-flop from what it was before, but I think Phillips does make sense here. I also see him bolstering the offensive line again if they really wanted to. So I don't think it's an absolute lock of their going defense, but – I mean, if you think Phillips is the best edge rusher, then I think it makes perfect sense for them too. Yeah, yeah, I think I would say it's a lock. They could definitely go offense, offensive line, but um, I think if Darisaw's off the board here, I think um, I think it only makes sense that with the, the defensive talent that'll be available, I think it makes sense that they go defense because how how brutal that defense was last year. So um, I think Phillips, Ojulari, Quiddy Pay, any of those picks would really be uh, a home run here at 14 but yeah chris i know you're scrambling a little bit but i'll let you take it away here with new england's 15th overall pick yeah i've, I've decided who i'm going to take while we were discussing that and and phillips definitely may have been the pick there i was also hoping you know a guy like certain or parsons would fall which i knew they wouldn't so this was just a tough spot for new england because i really believe they're going to trade up if they stay at this pick i think the pick is is maybe not pretty clear to everybody, but I think it's pretty clear to me. I think they're going to go with Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa. That's one of the hardest names to say in the first round for sure. But I think, you know, they've definitely lost a lot on the defensive side. I think there's a potential that Stefan Gilmore gets traded, which in that case, I would definitely take J.C. Horn. But I, he hasn't been traded yet, so I'm going to act like he's still on the roster. And I'm, I'm going to fill up a, a position of need for this team. I mean, their linebackers, you know, Jamie Collins not there anymore. They've you know, Dante Hightower, I'm not really sure what his status is, but he didn't play last year. So I don't know what they're planning on doing with him this year. So I think linebacker could be a, pre- a pressing issue for the Patriots, and they're getting a good one out of Notre Dame here, a, a very solid player. I think, I don't know, it's tough for me because I think obviously Waddle could be a, a decent pick here. Um, I mean, whoever you think they should go, I think they, they can't go wrong here and, and essentially. Um, I had him maybe a little bit l- uh, lower in the first round, but – I think you could obviously see him go here, maybe a few picks earlier, maybe a few picks later. Um, definitely, we're getting into that range, though, when Parsons is off the board. I think he's the next best linebacker available. Yeah, and and like I said, I really don't believe they're going to be picking at 15. I think there's almost mm-hmm. no chance. Maybe they they love to trade down, too. They could even do that. But I think it's – I would say I'm 95% sure they're at least going to trade up a few spots to get a different player because I think – Parsons would even make more sense for this team. But I think at 15, I think this is their best fit, personally. Yeah, and as uh, currently playing the role of Mike Mayock, GM of the Las Vegas Raiders, I'm hoping the Patriots trade up because I was going to take Jeremiah with my uh, next would pick. Would make a lot of sense um, for them as well. So I am, again, scrambling here. But yeah, I like Sorry. the pick. Um, I think no, you're good. It makes a lot of sense. I, I got you with the uh, Phillips pick, so it was only fair that you paid the favor. Um, so I think it does make sense if Patriots stay here um, to, to get him at, at 15. Um, but yeah, I think this is probably the range that Jeremiah will go in uh, the mid uh, mid first round. And uh, yeah, if Patriots stay here. I think it's a nice pick for them. You know, I'm, I'm on the board at 16 with the Cardinals and it's just so hard to look up at the board and see Waddle and, uh, and to pass on him, which I am go- I'm going to have to, I think, you know, JC Horn is absolute need for the Cardinals. And that's the, that's the, my pick here. Wow. I think maybe the cornerback two off the board, um, I you can make a case for Farley, but he has had some injury concerns. So who knows where he's going. And now, but I think the Cardinals really want that corner, that lockdown corner. And I think Horn obviously is more of a man-to-man guy, I'm pretty sure. But I think he's clearly a need for them. They could go 
best player available as they kind of did last year with Simmons, go this year with Waddle. But I think they just got to take their needs at this point. It's it's Horn here. Yeah, I mean, it, it does make sense for sure that they would go Horn. See, I think if they're here at 16 and Jalen Waddle is still on the board, I think it is a lock that they're going to draft him because I've seen a ton of Devontae Smith at 16 or they you know move up and take one of these guys or take pits. I think they're very much in the market for a wide receiver or a tight end. Well, not a tight end, just Kyle Pitts. But uh, I think if Waddle, they don't have to trade at all. They can get Waddle at 16. I think that is, it's going to happen. I know their cornerback room isn't the best. It's definitely not at all. Don't hear what I'm not saying, but I think, I do like the pick. I like Horn a lot, but I think Waddle will be the pick if they end up do like are on the clock at 16. He's there. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think if Waddle's there, Arizona will probably take him. We saw in Traeger's mock too um, that they actually traded up to get Kyle Pitts, um, a receiver. But um, J.C. Horn also makes sense for them as well. So I think if they get either of those guys, they're not going to be too upset. Yeah, I could, you could even throw in a guy like Greg Newsom the second too, um, going at sixteen if they do decide to go cornerback. I think would work for Arizona. But ultimately, I think I'm I'm signing with Chris there with Jalen Waddle if he's if he's dropping. Yeah, I, I I definitely agree with that. And uh, you know, you're on the clock with the Raiders. I'm very interested to see what you end up going with here. Uh, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna have big time implications here. And Waddle's still on the board. I'm very curious if you're gonna go with him here. I mean, he is still on the board, and I mean, I guess they could go receiver. They don't have a great receiver. They don't have a great receiving core. Um, It seems like offensive line and defense are more pressing needs for them at this moment in time. And they also just spent the first round pick on a receiver last year. There are still some solid guys on the board. I don't know, man. It's tough. It's tough. I was personally, I was hoping that um, Roman took Jalen Waddle with Arizona's pick. I I was too. A lot easier. Um, with Vera, I think I was going to go with Vera Tucker or Newsom. Those are the two guys I was looking at for for Las Vegas. Um, it's tough. I got to make a pick here, though. Uh, I'll go. I'll go Waddle. I'll go Waddle here with the Raiders since he dropped this far. Um, I think this is. I don't think he's going to go any any farther than this. Um, the Raiders might not be happy with taking another receiver first first round. Um, and I think Newsom or Vera Tucker would be more likely here, maybe, um, to address either their offensive line needs or their defensive needs, um, or Jeremiah as well. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name, um, but I think he, if he drops, I think that would probably most their most likely pick. Um, but yeah, if Waddle's available, if he drops this far, I think it's a home run pick for the Raiders. It helps their offense out a lot. Yeah, this is a pure get the best player available pick for me, in my opinion. I think Waddle is, you know, a guy that could easily go in the top 10. So having him at 17, I'm very happy you took him because I actually was going to take him at 18 with Miami. If yeah. you did not, I'm, I'm sure I Dolphins liked were, it. But. I'm sure the Dolphins would have loved him to drop one more pick because I think they're definitely in contention for a, a wide receiver. If even, even if all the best wide receivers are off the board, I think they can take the next one available. But obviously, it's, it's, it's a luxury pick at that point. But it's and it's non traditional. I mean, we haven't seen any mocks of the Raiders taking a wide receiver, but I think last year we didn't think the Cowboys were going to go wide receiver before they took CeeDee Lamb. So yeah. I think anything's possible, and they're just yeah. taking the best player available at that point. Yeah, clearly the yeah. best player available. In yeah, my opinion. I think there's a big value gap between anybody that they could have picked at 17 and Waddle, and it's why I was going to take, uh, you know, Waddle at 18 if he was there, and you didn't go with him. I actually thought I was going to have that opportunity, but. Instead, I'm going to make maybe the most chalk pick of the entire draft besides Trevor Lawrence going one, and that's Najee Harris to the uh, to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, 
makes perfect sense that they would go with Najee Harris. Uh, you know, they need a running back extremely bad. Uh, they don't have a ton of holes. They're already filling one with the offensive line early in the draft for me with Slater. So I think grabbing Najee Harris here, one of the most talented players left available, makes a ton of sense for a team that is in desperate need of playmakers around I got uh, around Tua and, you know, receiver, like I said, you know, getting Waddle at 18 would have been awesome. But a lot of these other receivers like Bateman and stuff, you know, I don't understand taking them here as much. I think in the second round receiver makes a lot of sense for them. If they don't go with Jamar Chase at six and they take a lineman instead, I think receiver in the second round will be very much on the table. I mean, it's a good pick. I think this is the earliest we can see Najee go. I, I was thinking what, what I think will actually happen is him maybe falling a little bit considering that there was only one drafted in last in the last year's first round, and that was at 32. So I do think He's that could happen. He's going 18, man. I mean, it's definitely possible, and I think it would make perfect sense, but we thought there would be a wider, uh, running backs that make sense for other teams in the first round that never ended up happening. So I think it's it's fun to dream this scenario up, and it could happen. Uh, I'm I'm not a whole lot locked on it as you are, but it I'd could put, definitely I'd happen. put money on this, man. I really think that he's going – I think there's – a clear and if he doesn't go here, I mean, I might be spoiling uh, who else I think needs a running back really bad. I think the Steelers take him at 24 if he's or even the Jets take him at 23. If he's if he's mm-hmm. not gone at 18, which I like I said, I fully expect him to go at 18, 23 and 24, he's going with one of those two picks for sure, if not 18. Yeah, I, I think. I've seen every mock. I mean, Chris has been on this for like months now. The Dolphins are going to take Harris. So I maybe just guys have been hearing Chris talk about it so much that I'd be very surprised if they don't get Harris. But um, Roman brings up a good point that they last year, um, Clyde Edwards Alaire was the only running back taken in the first round. It wasn't until the 32nd pick overall. So there's a chance he drops. Um, but I do think because the needs of people need running backs right now that uh, we might see a more, um, more running backs in the first round this year than we did in, in the last couple of drafts. Yep. Yeah, we'll so, see. Yeah, 19 for the Washington football team. I think, obviously, if their top two options were still available, it would have been uh, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa and uh, – let me check the board again. There's one other guy. Oh, uh, Darisol as, as well. If he was still available, I think they could go for either of the, one of those guys. I think for them, they're just going to take the best offensive player available. I don't really see him being too flashy here. Their defense is pretty much already set. They could go wide receiver as a sneaky pick, but they did sign Curtis Samuel. And they kind of bolster that that offense. I think they're just going to go the offensive line. They did have to ship off Trent Williams last year's draft, so I have them taking the best offensive tackle available, which is Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. Um, I think they just need to bolster that line, whether to get ready for Fitzpatrick or whoever's the quarterback after that. Uh, they just need to get that line good because that's really much their only concern. Yeah, I I definitely don't hate the pick. It may be a little bit of a reach in terms of value on the draft board, but Jenkins is a good player. Uh, Like I said, this offensive line, you know, offensive tackle class is extremely deep, so maybe he would have gone earlier in in other classes. But uh, Washington's a team without a ton of holes. Most of them are on the offensive side of the ball, which I could see them trading up for a quarterback. I could see him, you know, going receiver potentially as well. I think that's a possibility, but I think – Offensive line is probably their biggest weakness. And another weakness, potentially, cornerback. I don't think they're super strong. I think Newsom would make some sense here as well. But I probably would have gone offensive line at maybe even Vera Tucker here. But offensive line does make a lot of sense for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with Chris. Um, I think Jenkins. I think uh, Newsom would make sense. Trading up to get a quarterback. 
Um, I, yeah, I, I agree. Don't have too much to add. Um, does anyone else have anything to add about with that pick? No. All right. So now I'm with the bears here, um, at 20, I think they can go a lot of different ways. They could, they, they lost Kyle Fuller. They could address that quarterback knee with Newsom who's still on the board. Um, Allen Robinson, I know he's coming back, but you don't know how long he's going to be there still. So um, they could give Bateman. I think those are the two guys that I'm debating between the most. Um, hmm. I think I'm going to go Newsom. Crap. Yeah, I'm going to go Newsom. I was close. I almost went Bateman. But I think if they go either one of those guys here at 20, I think it, it, it's great for them. Um, but they do still have Allen Robinson right now, and this is a deep wide receiver class, so they could get another wide receiver later on. Um, but I think if they take Rashad Bateman as well, it, I'm not going to criticize them. I think that would be a solid pick too. Yeah, Bateman is uh, – I, I think he has a lot of similar skills to what Allen Robinson brings to the table. He's a little bit he's a little bit shorter than him, but I think he brings a lot of the same skills as AR, being an all-around weapon for them. So I think that would make some sense. But I do like the Newsom pick here. I think the Bears' defense, it's very good, but they did lose Fuller in the offseason. So I think they do need to bolster their, their secondary, and this is a, an instant way to do that because he's a very, very solid corner here. So I like the pick a lot. I mean, some could argue that you, that you can go a different corner, whether it's Stokes or Farley, who obviously saw injury concerns, but I think, think he's cleared to go. So, I mean, whatever your personal personal preference is over cornerbacks, I think it works here as well. Offensive linemen could work as well. And then obviously Bateman, who we talked about, um, to not to spoil anything, could go in the next couple of picks here. So I'm interested to see what they do. I think they can definitely go wide. Uh, if I'm the Bears, you can go wide receiver uh, round two or uh, offensive tackle round two. Uh, maybe even quarterback uh, 20. I don't think there's no quarterbacks available worth going at 20, but definitely yep. in the next couple of rounds for sure. I, I definitely agree with that. I'll jump into the Indianapolis Colts pick here. And yeah, I was definitely going to go Newsom there. So I'm just going to stick with, you know, position I need. And I'm going to go with Caleb Farley because I think he is a really good corner. Like you said, I was going to mention the injury concerns and why I was going to take Newsom over him. But with Farley, if he is healthy, he's maybe the best corner in this class in terms of talent. He was an absolute shutdown guy at Virginia Tech. He was awesome while he was there. So a guy that I very much like, one of my favorite players defensively in this class, it's just all about the injury concerns. But I think with the Colts, another team that doesn't have a lot of holes, I think this fills a position that they they, they need a little bit. Because, you know, down the stretch when they started facing some better offenses, they did get shredded every once in a while. So I think this is a good pick for them. Yeah, I got nothing much to add here. I think that's where they could go. I mean, Xavier Rhodes a free agent. I'm not even sure what's up with him anymore. But they definitely there. they definitely need a fresh face in the room. Uh, and I think Farley is the best corner available for sure. Yeah, I think if Newsom's there, home run pick for them. Farley still. I know. I think Roman, you you like Farley a little bit more than Newsom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like Newsom a little bit more than Farley. Like you said, personal preference. So I think if the Colts get either one of those guys. Um, They'd be happy. Like you said, Chris, they're a team that doesn't have a ton of needs, especially now that they got Carson Wentz in a quarterback now. Hopefully that pans out for them. Um, so, yeah, Farley, overall, like the pick. Uh, and Titans, I think this is a pretty no-brainer pick here. I mean, they lost Corey Davis. I think they should replace him with uh, Rashad Bateman. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. there are other places they could have gone, but, I mean, they were a playoff team. I think they really don't have much to fix. I mean, you could go offensive lineman, bolster that a little bit more, uh, maybe get another edge, replace the absence of Clowney. But – I think Bateman, I mean, it makes sense considering you just need more weapons for Tannehill. I mean, obviously, you got Henry and A.J. Brown. I think another person outside uh, would work, and Bateman fits that role for him. Yeah, I, and I have not seen this pick 
one time. So I actually am very interested in this. And that's not no no nothing against you knocking the pick at all. I actually really like this pick, and I'm surprised people haven't been talking about the Titans as a team in the market for a receiver. Yeah, they they definitely need some pass rushers, but they don't have anything outside of AJ Brown and and uh, Hunter Hen or not Hunter Henry Jesus Derrick Henry. Um, they got nothing behind those two. And I think it would make some sense to draft Bateman here as well. Uh, maybe I would have gone with one of those top couple offensive or defensive linemen. Those that is also a pressing issue for this team. I think the Titans have more holes than people, people do think of receiver. And then I think their defense pretty much anywhere you could go with the pick and they would need some help. So I think that this could be a team that, that needs to figure some stuff out this off season. Yeah. I mean, I think, I would have made the argument that we should have went pass rush here. So um, they, they could go right. there. They, they receiving also is a need. Uh, they also lost John U. Smith too, to the Patriots along with Hunter Henry. So maybe that's where, that's why you had Hunter Henry on yeah, the line there. Chris. Right, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, they could go a lot of different ways here. Um, so overall, I think Bateman would be a reasonable option. If I had the pick, I'd probably go edge rusher, but um, again, Bateman makes sense as well. Um, and it, it is interesting, though, that we've seen like the top. I mean, there are still premier edge rushers on the board, and I think they've been definitely pushed down due to the fact yep. that there's other positions of need for other teams. So, I think the fact that there's no one clear-cut guy, I think teams are more hesitant on them, considering that there are more established players available. But I do think at this rate, even to the end of the first round, we're definitely going to see a huge run of edge rushers right here. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely see about that. Yeah. Um, not to spoil some of my future picks, but yes, I can guarantee you we're going to see at least one more edge rusher off the board. <laughs> um, but it's not going to be here with the Jets pick at 23. Um, I was considering Bateman here um, because uh, they but they did they did get Corey Davis, but they could get another weapon there for in this mock. Zach Wilson as their new quarterback, most likely going to happen in real life as well. Um, and I think they could go offensive line here. But ultimately, I think Chris kind of teased it earlier about maybe one of these Jets or Steelers teams going running, running back. So I'm going to go with Travis Etienne oh. uh, going to the Jets. Um, I think if they go offensive line here, it would not be the end of the world as well. But they did spend a first-round pick on Mekhi Becton last season. So I think getting a, a nice, shiny new running back and Travis Etienne to pair up with their new shiny quarterback and Zach Wilson would be a home-run draft for the Jets. And I think Jets fans would be really, really excited. Yeah, I'm not have this is probably the most disappointed I've been with the pick so far because that was clearly going to be my pick at 24 with the Steelers and now they are in a tough spot. So I am not happy about that. Roman, you go ahead and talk. I got to scramble and figure out who <laughs> I'm going to take on this board. I mean, obviously, if you want to have a fun mock draft, you have the running backs going in the first round. That's why Harris went 18 and Etienne to 23. Obviously, I said the same thing with Harris that they both could slip a little bit. Maybe one goes in the first, maybe both don't, but I think if they're teams that are definitely in need of running backs, it's definitely the Jets as well as the Dolphins. Uh, my personal preference would have had, if they did slide, I think there were some teams that could have taken them. Obviously, the rich get richer in that sense, but the teams that need those holes definitely take them right here. Uh, I've I've done some mock drafts personally, and I think Aziz Ojolari could have been a fit here um, for the Jets. I think they could pretty much take any defensive position. I think their holes almost all over the field. Um, whether you want to bolster the offensive line two, defensive line edge. I mean, there's, there's really no wrong pick here. I mean, I think ETN is definitely the flashy pick and uh, it makes sense for them here. Uh, ETN was, uh, in my opinion, I think 
I think it's like more likely that both Harris and ETN go in the first round uh, than, than not. I think both guys are extremely talented. And I think last year, the only reason some of those players slipped is because there was, you know, a group of five or six running backs that you could have taken in the first round. Similarly to your, uh, your defensive line beliefs this year, I think that all those, you know, all these defensive, you know, edge rushers and stuff kind of all could be the number one guy and, and certain teams, you know, may push some of them back. I think that happened with the running backs last year. Normally, I think when there's only a couple good running backs, especially guys like Etienne and Harris, I think, I think they're more likely to go in the first round, especially with, you know, there's not much in the free agency market. This class is extremely shallow at the running back position. So I think these two will actually be both be pushed up in the first round. And I think the Jets are a very good destination for Travis Etienne, but not better than the Steelers, which I'm, I'm annoyed <laughs> that you took them. But I'm ready to jump into my next pick. Uh, you know, the Steelers... Like I said, clearly would have made a lot of sense to take run to take running back here, but unfortunately that will not be the case now. I'm going to go with what I think is the best defensive player available, and that is Quiddy Pay. This is a good a good defense, obviously one of the best. This is more of a rich get richer situation, but their their defensive ends and their defensive line as a whole is getting older. You know, Cameron Hayward still around, but he's he's kind of up there in age. I think adding Pay or Pay to this. Uh, Defensive line makes a ton of sense, and I think it will help them right away get some sacks. So I, I, I like him a lot here at 24. I think this is good value. They could have gone with Aziz here as well. Uh, would have made sense, or or Barmore. But I think, to me, uh, pay makes no sense. Yeah, I, I love the pick. Um, I was... I think you can make an argument for Aziz as well. Um, but I think if you go either one of those guys here, um, going to the Steelers, um, either one of those guys should be the next edge rusher off the board. Um, happens to be going to the Steelers in this this mock. Um, but yeah, the, the rich get richer, like you said. They already have a solid defense. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they go offensive line. I know they lost some guys um, on the offensive line here in the offseason. But um, I think pay to the Steelers would be nice. But he can team up with his former Michigan teammate, Devin Bush, as well. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with the offensive uh, line uh, theory. I guess you could say they just want to have one more last push with Roethlisberger, give him all the protection he needs. But obviously, if a guy like Pay is still sitting there, you got to take him. Uh, I've obviously seen him drop in mock drafts. I was hoping he'd make it to another team that I'll probably talk about later. But, I mean, it makes sense. And I think just bolster that defense even more to have a guy opposite of uh, TJY or on the same side, however you want to put it. But, uh uh, back at the Jacksonville Jaguars position, we obviously took Trevor Lawrence number one overall. I think there's obviously some needs. They can go offensive linemen. They can even – I think there's a sneaky chance to take a wide receiver. Um, but they argue, you also argue cornerback, even safety. I think the best safety is still available, but you don't really see safeties go in the first round. So you can definitely have this guy going here or early in the first. Um, I'm going to just take a – I'm just going to safe pick and take Elijah Vera Tucker, who you can pretty much shift all across the offensive line just to give Lawrence some more protection. Uh, you can. I, I think this guy will obviously go in the first round at some point, but the Jaguars weren't really the, the ideal spot for him. But if they if he can shift across the line, I think it's a big win for him. Yeah, I mean the Jaguars have one of the worst offensive lines in the league, so getting best player available to protect Trevor Lawrence uh, makes a lot of sense in my opinion. I think they're uh, getting a guy that, like you said, has versatility, can kind of shift him all over the the offensive line and they need that man. I mean, the Jags, I think this is underrated. Something that they need to worry about is protecting Trevor Lawrence's rookie year. I think that it's going to be harder than, you know, people haven't really mentioned it at all, but I think that's 
probably the key outside of getting Trevor Lawrence is bolstering that offensive line over the next year or two. And I think, and this is, I, I shouldn't be mocking for next year, but whoever the top guy, if they're not very good, whoever the top offensive lineman will be for sure mocked to the Jaguars at, uh, at uh, whatever pick they get next year. And I also think they'll go offensive lineman in the second round in this draft as well. You'll, they'll, I mean, you can't see it right now, but they'll have the pick right after the Bucks pick. So I think uh, if, if you know, like Cosme, if he ends up falling or Humphrey, I think those could be options for them as well. So, you know, kind of going through the whole Jaguars draft strategy as, as their GM, but uh, they got to bolster the offensive line for sure. That's number one key. Yeah, I agree as well. Um, I think Tucker's a very or Vera Tucker's a very uh, talented player. Um, I almost took him earlier in the draft um, with the Raiders pick, and I think he, he could have went earlier as well. So I think if the Jaguars, like Chris said, they need offensive line help. So if Vera Tucker's still there at 25, I think they'd be very happy. And then hopefully, because uh, I think they still have their second round pick this year, right? So they'd have the first pick in the second round. So maybe they yeah. get one of the other top offensive linemen or one of the higher offensive linemen in a Cosme or a Humphrey. So I think they would be really happy with that. Um, I'm with the Browns now. I know there's some rumors they might be getting Jadavion Clowney. Um, so at the time of this recording, that hasn't happened yet. So if it does happen, maybe their pick changes a little bit here. But for me, I think it's between um, – I thought Quiddy Pay could have been an option here if he was still available, um, as well as uh, Jamin Davis, uh, Gregory Russo. Um, but ultimately, I think if Aziz Ajulari is still available here at this pick, I think that's the move that they go with. Um, I almost took him earlier in the draft um, when I ended up going with Jalen Phillips. Um, so I think if he drops to 26, he's a talented player. I mean, the Browns would be very happy with that. I think, but like I said, I think they'd be happy with if they get pay, if they get Davis um, or um, who is it? Russo. That was the other guy. Um, I think they'd be happy with any of those guys here. And I think ultimately they would go with Ojulari. And uh, yeah, I think they'd be, as a Browns fan, I'd be kind of happy about that. Yeah. I, this is another team like, I've, I feel like I've said this a lot, but another team that really doesn't have a pressing need, but I feel like they need to take a little bit of the pressure off Miles Garrett up front. They're, the rest of their defensive line isn't anything to write home about. So I think adding a, a talent like Aziz is a very good move for them. I think he's one of the better edge rushers in this class. I would, like I said, I mean, I did, I backed it up by taking pay over him. He's not my favorite defensive lineman from the class, but he's definitely a first round talent and a guy that going going across from miles Garrett will probably wreck some havoc. And I, I could see him, you know, getting as, you know, as much as 10 sacks in his rookie year, just because he has Garrett demanding so much attention. He's going to get a lot of one-on-one coverage in terms of offensive line. Yeah. I mean, the Browns loss in the uh, JJ Watt sweepstakes, if they get yep. plenty, I think that definitely alters their pick a little bit, maybe to a linebacker or, or corner uh, opposite of Denzel Ward. But I mean, there's no, there's nothing wrong about this pick. I do like Aziz Ojolai quite a bit. Um, he could go earlier. I think I, maybe the Jets could take him instead of ETN, but obviously you guys like the ETN there. Uh, oh, yeah. But I think Aziz is a clear first-round pick, uh, and he's definitely risen off risen off boards ever since those uh, that end of the college football season. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Uh, I'll jump into my next pick if we're ready. And mm-hmm. for, for this one, I'm going to go off the board a little bit because he is not currently on the screen, but – like I said, another team that, I mean, I actually do think there's a pretty pressing issue for the team, and that's the wide receiver position. I know they added Sammy Watkins, but he sucks, So, it, and they really just don't have a lot of other options, and Drew is currently flipping me off, so interesting there. But um, I'm going to go Terrace Marshall here. I think that's who you were going to – oh, no, you got another guy. All right, but I think for Baltimore, I think it makes a lot of sense to go with Marshall. He's he's a little bit of a bigger body at receiver. Uh, I like Rondell Moore personally over him. I think he's better. And I think that's who Drew likes as well. 
But for me, adding Rondell Moore is basically having Hollywood Brown 2.0. I mean, they're they're very comp. You know, they're both on the smaller side, both absolute burners. Both you know can move around the formation. They need an, a guy on the outside to take pressure off of Hollywood Brown. I think Marshall makes a ton of sense there from LSU. He's a guy that you know with Chase. Uh, you know, with him opting out of the season, boosted Marshall's stock a lot. But he, he showed out this year, man. He's a very good player, and I do like Marshall a lot. Just one of the many reasons why this receiver class is so fun to think about and to, you know, it's it's deep. So, I mean, getting getting Marshall late first round, he's a good player. I mean, I don't have very many locks every time I do a mock draft, but when I do, I always put Terrace Marshall to Terrace Marshall of Baltimore. They Makes definitely need a, sense. They need a wide receiver. I mean, ed, I mean, Edge could be one of the pressing needs, considering that their defense wasn't yep. as up up to standards last year. But I mean, wide receiver has to be the pick here. If Bateman falls here, excellent. I mean, if Marshall's here, good too. Uh, Rondale Moore, uh, Elijah Moore. I mean, whoever you like, Darius Tony, whatever your preference is. I think one of them has to go here, yep. and I think Marshall is not the best Tony. wide receiver available. As long yeah. as it's not Tony, I agree with you. He is not a first round <laughs> receiver, in my opinion, or it should be anywhere near the first round. Unless the Chiefs take him, then then I don't can't really argue with it because they are extremely smart. Um yeah, Marshall, he wasn't the guy who I thought you were gonna pick, um, which I'm happy about. But yeah, I still like the pick. As you said, Roman, there's tons of guys that Baltimore can go with. As long as they get a one of those top receivers, um, they should be very happy with the draft. Um, it's a big need for them. And Marshall, I know he's got a lot of like, oh, maybe he's the next Justin Jefferson, late LSU Could be. first round pick. Um, very possible. Uh, with a guy like Lamar Jackson at a quarterback, anything's possible. So um, I think uh, he's he's a guy, again, another guy who's been kind of rising up draft boards here in the last few weeks. So uh, I think Baltimore gets him. They'd be very happy, like the pick. Yep. And for the Saints up at 28, I do think there's a drop-off at edge. So I do. I was hoping Quiddy Pay or Ojolari would fall to the, 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 the Saints. I think that's the pick they should go with this. I mean, they lost Trey Hendrickson in the offseason, who, what, whether you know him or not, he had had an impact um, opposite of Cameron Jordan. So it's going to be a hole there, and they've lost some other key pieces around the defense as well. Uh, I'm not buying for time, but I do think there's like some holes that they could go with. I mean, the best player available uh, is a linebacker, who I think does make sense here. I'm going to take Zayvon Collins out of Tol- uh, Tulsa, who could I think could go early, maybe mid-first, depending on what team needs him. Uh, there are some edges I'm looking at as well, but like I said, I think there's a drop-off, um, and I'm not really – confident on taking either one of them considering you know i i like marsh i liked pay and ojalari over all of them all the rest of them so i think collins could be a good pick here yeah i mean look i don't really think i'm not really arguing with the pick i probably would have gone with davis from kentucky over him i like him a lot i think he's gonna be a really good linebacker as well so i mean i like collins uh i don't know as much about him clearly because he went to tulsa i'm not really a big tulsa fan so i don't watch a lot of tulsa games but uh i mean he's definitely a guy that's worthy of a first round pick i think linebacker is a is a pressing need for the saints also if you know if one of these receivers fall i could see him going receiver here i think that would make some sense Maybe Rondell Moore, which might be spoiling Drew's next pick. I think it is spoiling Drew's next pick. But I think the Saints could be in the market for a receiver, even though it really hasn't been talked about a lot. They don't have anybody alongside of Michael Thomas. And, you know, they're trying to build around, you know, famous Jameis or or uh, Taysom Hill, either one of them, whatever whatever they decide to do. They got to give him some other weapons. Michael Thomas can't be the only, you know, plus weapon on the outside for them. So I think taking a receiver, maybe even going Marshall if he falls, you know, uh, stays in his home or not his home state, but stays in his college state of Louisiana. So I think a lot of those 
receivers could make some sense that they fall, but they didn't here. So I, I, I definitely like going linebacker. Yeah, you said you didn't know anything about Tulsa, and then you, you just threw out what state it's from. So, um, oh wait, I mis I misheard you. Never mind, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, overall though, I I, uh, I do agree with you, Chris. I think wide receiver could be an option. I also like Davis a little bit more um, than uh, would you go with Collins? Um, but I think both of them are, are pretty are pretty equal. Um, so I think if they go either one, it would be okay. Um, the Saints are another team where they don't have a ton of like super pressing needs. I know they were a team that was in like the oh hey they're going to get Mac Jones um, back when Mac Jones was not going to be a top three pick. So <laughs> maybe they trade up and get Mac Jones because Mac Jones is now you know the second coming of Jesus Christ quarterback for some reason. I don't get that. But um, all right, so I'll hop into my next pick with the Packers. Um, Chris already kind of spoiled it. I'm going Ron Dale Moore here. Um, I was going to, I was, I thought Chris was taking him with, uh, the Ravens pick, which is why I flipped him off. Um, so I was, I'm happy that he's here for the Packers. Um, they obviously need help with wide receivers. They could go offensive line here as well. Um, I think that could work, but, um, after last year's fiasco, um, where they didn't end up, they took a quarterback instead of taking a wide receiver in the first round and their receivers last year outside of Devontae Adams weren't great. Um, I think getting a guy like Rondell Moore, really any receiver who's that's available at this pick would be really, really good for the Packers' uh, future in their 2021 NFL season. Yeah, you know me, Drew. I I love Rondell Moore. I think he's a. I mean, he's not my favorite receiver from this class. Don't get me wrong, but he's definitely in my inside my top five for the class in terms of receiving. I think he is better than Marshall, just not as good of a fit for the Ravens. But I think he's a perfect fit with the Packers across from uh, Devontae Adams and having Aaron Jones there as well. They just. I don't know how you cover this team. And I think Moore could have a very good rookie season if if they, he ends up going to the Packers. I think this is a spot where he makes an instantly positive impact to that offense. And I and you know, Rondell Moore, I think, you know, people are concerned about his height. That's why maybe he falls to the second round and maybe he doesn't go in the first round to the Packers here. But I would take him here because I think he is going to be a very good player and he's got the speed profile. He's got uh, he's a great besides if he was six feet tall he'd be he would probably be a top 10 pick in my opinion because i think he's that good at everything else at the receivers issue. he's just undersized but i'm not it's maybe a little bit of the tyree kill effect but if i'm if if you got a player with that much talent at everything i'm not gonna pass up on him just because he's a little bit undersized i would laugh so hard if the packers passed on wide receiver once again I mean, it could. I think it could happen. I do yeah, think definitely, that, definitely could I, happen. I mean, I would hope they just learn their lesson right now. I think if they if they pass on wide receiver, I mean, Aaron Rodgers might even retire. I mean, he's better off hosting Jeopardy at this point. Uh, but I think he's. I the, the Packers need to help him out, man. I mean, he's definitely he's been begging for it, and he needs a wide receiver. So anything can help. I think it's a good pick. He you did the Packers uh, fan base justice there. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. That's for sure. Um. I, so I got the, I got the next pick and. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways the Bills can go. I think they have a solid roster, but I think they could pretty much bolster with any of these guys that you see on the screen. Unfortunately, well, fortunately, I guess I'm going to go off the screen. I have no idea where this guy is ranked. I don't really care. Uh, this is easily my most just. I really want to see them draft a certain position, and that's running back because their running backs stink. Devin Singletary stinks. Zach Moss stinks. Give me Javante Williams going to the Buffalo Bills. Probably will not be a first-round pick in the actual draft. It's possible, definitely possible. I think he's a he's a talented player with some very attractive traits. 
So I'm going to take him here with the, with the Buffalo Bills pick. This is a roster that was just outside of a Super Bowl. I think, you know, adding Williams, taking a little bit of the pressure off Josh Allen makes some sense for them. They have some holes defensively they could fill. I don't care. I'm taking Javante Williams. Yeah, you said it right there. They have holes to fill in defense. Uh, I don't think they're going Javante here. I do like him as a prospect. I think he could be a sneaky good pick in the second round for a team that that's in need of a running back. There's a chance maybe he'd still be available in the second round when the Bills come. The Bills pick comes around, so maybe they could get him then. Um, but I think if I was the Bills at this point, I would definitely go with any of the top defensive players that are still on the board. There's still some really solid solid guys out there. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's what I would do. But um, I think there is a way that they could still get Javante um, later in the draft because I think he'd still be available, or one of the other um, good running backs available, like like Kenneth Gainwell out of Memphis. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. you're you're not wrong. I just to me, I just think like I wanted to have a little bit of fun with this pick because I think the Bills are a wild card for what they actually do. I think they could pretty much go with any position. And I think running back is definitely a need for them, for sure. Yeah. The running backs suck. So it's definitely one of their most pressing issues. I do agree that they're not getting Williams in the second round. He'll go, he'll go before their next pick, I'm assuming, unless they trade up. But they will probably not draft a running back in the first round. But I, you know what? Sometimes life's got to be fun. I mean, if, if Harris and Jen were definitely available, I definitely think they'd go one of those guys. I mean, like I said, the, the reason they're not is because the, the, the worst teams need them more, and the rich don't need to get richer in this in this scenario. But um, it's definitely a fun pick to acknowledge that, uh, yes, the Buffalo Bills need running back help. Yes, they have other needs. I agree with you, Drew. Um, but it's fun to mock that, to mock Devontae right. Williams to the Bills just because Very fun. They, they need the help. And he's electric, yeah. man. This is a guy that I mean, he he's got top end speed. He's also got some elect. He's he's one of the hardest guys to tackle in this class, especially at the running back position. He's going to be a missed tackle machine, and he can catch the ball out of the backfield. I think I think he is going a little bit under the radar, personally. I I do like Javante Williams a lot, and I think he will be a at worst mid second round pick because I think somebody, if he doesn't go here, I think one of those crappier teams. You know, maybe one of those teams with an extra first round pick like the Jets, if they don't end up going with uh, ETN in the first round, could end up going with Javante Williams because they definitely need a running back. So I think this is a pick that definitely makes some sense for the Bills, though, at least. There's definitely more pressing issues, I would say, Barmore yeah. probably, or Davis would have been, you know, the traditional picks. I, but, I, you know, sometimes you got to have some fun. That's, that's what you said. And I, I think that Barmore or Davis. They could take them here, and then they could get a guy like Gainwell, maybe yeah, with their second round sure. pick, and address Definitely both could. their needs. I think that's maybe the right. more logical way to go. But yeah. um, if you like Javante, like you said, you got to have some fun sometimes. So why not take him at, at thirty overall? Right. Yep. So this is the last pick for my individual, and then we'll all collectively pick thirty-two for the the Bucks. Uh, and Chris, you kind of pr- not predicted it. You said Tony to the Chiefs, which I somewhat agree with, which is why I'm going to go the opposite of that and and not do that. I'm gonna go with uh, Samuel. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Samuel Cosme just because they need the offensive line help. Yep. I mean, they lo- they lost two of their starters. We're not gonna go through this again in the Super Bowl um, for a full season this time. Uh, they need the help. If Vera Tucker was still available, I think you can see Cosme flip flop with Tucker in those spots. But uh, I mean, they could go Tony. They could go another wide receiver. They can go pretty much anywhere they want. They can they they can do whatever they want at this point. But they actually have a pressing need this time, and they have to address it. Yeah, I mean, the defense is also going to be a concern all the time with the Chiefs. The defense wasn't bad last year. I just feel like they always need to reload some more talent on their defense. It's not maybe the most skilled defense. I think they just are able to scheme up a lot. They put a lot of pressure on other teams. So adding, you know, a front seven guy would make some sense for them. I do agree. Offensive line also makes some sense for them. 
Tony doesn't make sense for them personally. And I I just don't really get the infatuation with him in the first round. I think yeah, he's probably more that, you know, maybe he's similarly, which I actually really like Denzel Mims. Maybe he has that fall kind of like Mims did where he fell all the way to like, you know, the mid second round or whatever, late second round like he did. I think that's a possibility for Tony. I don't think he's as good as Mims was, but I think personally that's what I would do if I was GM. I don't think I don't I don't see first round in Tony in terms of his talent, I think he's more of that second, third round pick, but we'll see. I mean, the chiefs, you can't really argue too much. I think they could definitely go receiver here. And if they went Rondell Moore here, that would be absolutely ridiculous. And just the most unfair thing I've ever seen in my life. And it would probably mean that Michael Hardman will never touch the field either because he's way better than Michael Hardman and basically just as fast as him. Yeah. I mean, I don't see them going receiver. Um, they could, but I think um, either getting Cosme Humphrey, Barmore, Davis, Russo makes the most sense Dickerson, for them here. Maybe. Yeah, getting either addressing the offensive line or um, addressing some of their defensive problems as well would make the most sense. So, Cosme, I like the pick overall. Um, so, we can go now to our final pick here with the Tampa Buccaneers. We're all going to collectively make it. Um, I don't know if you guys want to each give out like who you think should go here, and then we can just come to a consensus. But what do you think Tampa's got to do here at 32? I'll start us off here. Uh, for me, I mean, this is, I mean, they're, they're coming off of a Super Bowl. They need to maximize this window that they have of probably two more seasons left of Tom Brady until they're going to have to rebuild or figure out their quarterback position. They could go Kyle Trask here. That's someone I'm going to bring up. I think him or Kellen Mond would make some sense for the Buccaneers to go with here. You but mean I, Davis Mills? A, no, no. Um, but outside of that, I think, honestly, for me, really just, you know, Barmore, Davis, even Morig down there from TCU. I think those three would make the most sense. They have a really good front seven. So maybe Morig, you know, in the back end to help out Winfield in the, in the secondary would make some sense. The corners are pretty much all off the board. I'm not going corner here. I'm not going to reach. But I think, honestly, if, if, if you guys want to take any of those offense or defensive players or go quarterback, I would be okay with it. So I'll, I'll leave it up to you two pretty much to decide. Um, I, I agree with the Barmore. He's probably my my prime priority pick here. Uh, Russo could also be an option if you really want to get spicy. I think Eli uh, Moore could also go here. Just have another weapon on that offense. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't don't up talk a little to bit. me like that, man. I love <laughs> Eli Moore too. Uh, but yeah, I mean they have some. They, their wide receiver room could get a little crowded. I mean they have some issues. I mean uh, they already have Godwin on the franchise tag. They haven't brought in back Antonio Brown yet, uh, and who knows what uh, Evans is going to want in the future. And then you have the uh, IDL, you have Sue, who is old, and Vita Vea, who hasn't really – how, how can I say this right? He hasn't really stepped up into that first-round prowess yet that we kind of expected them to be. And, yeah, injuries have held them back injuries as well. Injuries have definitely held them back. So, yeah, I'd say Barmore, uh, Russo, could that could be a, a, a boomer bust pick right there. I mean, to get really unfair with it, I mean, Russo could be a pick here. Um, but I'll just keep it between Barmore, Russo, and uh, Moore. So I think that leaves it to me, right? I think, as Chris said earlier in the show, um, you got to have some fun in life sometimes. I think, and I've actually seen more mocked to the Buccaneers in a few different drafts. So if it's okay with everybody else, I think we take Elijah Moore here with the Buccaneers. I'm cool with last that. Pick. I'm good with that. Yeah. Um, and then we'll we'll get out of here. But uh, so yeah, Elijah Moore there. Um, let's look at the full results. Um, going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So yeah, overall, I think it was a good draft. Um, if we did it, if we could do it again, I think we should definitely had Waddle going a little bit earlier than he did. Um, he kind of just fell. 
And then some of those edge guys are kind of just falling a little bit as well. But we talked about why those edge players are falling. And for a while, yeah. it was kind of random that he fell. Yeah, I think you see, you'll see a lot of those. Uh, you know, maybe we went with a couple extra receivers that could fall. I think Eli Moore, Rondell Moore will probably be second rounders, maybe even Bateman. Uh, I could see all those guys fall into the second round. But with that said, I think a lot of those edge rushers are also, you know, right in that first, second round, you know, grade range. So I think those guys could fall. And I just want to talk about Eli Moore before, you know, we I'll, I'll let you guys talk about the draft if you want a little bit as well. But Eli Moore, I know I was talking up Rondell Moore. He ain't the only Moore that I could see going in the first round because I think Eli Moore is a fantastic player. He's another slot receiver. He's a little bit undersized, but he's got he's got great speed. He's got great hands. I think he's a good route runner. I think he's, you know, just I think he's a great receiver, man. I think he I mean, I've been, you know, speaking him up I, I know i've mentioned him to you guys before earlier in the year where i was like yeah i really think he's like underrated or whatever i didn't expect him to get first round hype even second round hype i thought he was gonna be more of that third round pick but he was fantastic with old miss and you know following aj brown and dk metcalf those are big shoes to fill but i think eli moore is going to be the next great old miss wide receiver to, to go into the uh nfl draft and tear it up man i think he's a great player yeah I I agree too um, with the more hype. Um, I think he's probably most likely a second round pick. Yeah, but most likely. If he goes to Tampa, that'd be awesome. I do think Rondell Moore though. I think he'll most likely be a late first round pick. It'd be so. hard to hard to see if Baltimore and Green Bay and even maybe even Tampa if he's there or Kansas City too. Um, it'd Kansas be hard to City see, would be awesome. It'd be hard to see either of those any of those teams passing on him because that's probably where he's going to be available because i feel like bateman will be like a mid to he's going to go before more i think he's going a little bit earlier in the draft too but we'll have to wait and see um and then i, I think the only other pick that i was like i don't think that's going to happen is the javante williams pick no offense chris that was the one I <laughs> that was a was fun happen. pick i don't either i don't think he'll go there either but if he does i think it would be a good i think it would be a good pick if he goes there don't get me wrong maybe yeah. a little bit of a reach but he's a very good player so i i don't actually hate the pick you know what I mean? If that makes sense, I don't think it's that realistic. But I also think that if they took him, I don't think people would be that upset. I can't remember if they have a second round pick, but Pittsburgh could be an option there in the second round too for Javante. If yeah, it goes, happens, absolutely. If it happens like be. we did, where ETN goes uh, to the Jets right before them, so that could be an option as well. I I agree. I think I think Javante too. Uh, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers would be a very good destination for both. I think he he fills a major need. They need some. They need a spark in that backfield. They got McFarland, which maybe he's that next guy. Maybe they just decide to go RB that by committee and you know let McFarland figure it out. He's electric from Maryland, but he ain't he ain't a bell, bell cow running back. Whereas Javante Williams definitely could be. So I think that would be an, a very interesting pick to see him go there. I'm I'm curious to see where he goes for sure. And I, and I don't think we can see who is who is still available at the end of the first round, but there are some guys who can definitely make that way into the first round, whether it's uh, away from Penn State, Joseph Osai from Texas, I mean, Eric Stokes, a corner, um, Trayvon Morig, who I kind of hinted at, maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars yeah. taking with their second pick. He's the safety. Um, who you don't, the safeties don't necessarily go in the first round, but it's possible. He could and, be there. Uh, he could be their pick. Yeah. Remember, they got the first overall pick in the second round too, so they yeah. that could have yeah. been yeah. their pick there, and probably it would have been something I would have been interested in because I think he yeah. is a a player that can definitely, like you said, safety is not a not a prime position for first round unless you're an absolute, you know, no doubt prospect. I don't know if he's quite at that level, but he's yeah. right on the edge for sure. I mean, we, so we, we, thought, it, we, we thought we thought we thought Xavier McKinney was going to go in the first round last year, and he ended up falling yeah. out of it. So. I, Anything's yeah. possible. And even the yeah. linebackers, uh, Jameen Davis, uh, Baron Browning, if you want to include him. I mean, those guys definitely going early second for sure if they're not going in the yeah. first round. 
and also Br- Russo probably Barmore. Yep, um, there's a lot of different ways. Barmore definitely uh, first rounder. I think after after you get outside like the top, I think top sixteen or seventeen, there's a lot. Those teams can do a lot, go a lot of different ways with these picks. So there's a good chance what we uh, what we put isn't what actually is going to happen. A lot of the guys who are well, yeah, still especially available, since we didn't have trades. Yeah, especially right. that that could definitely change the, the mock-up with the draft as well. But um, anything else you guys wanted to add overall about the mock draft um, before we get no on? man, just can't can't wait for this year's draft. I think there's. I think this is a very good draft class, personally. I think there's a lot of interesting prospects, especially at those skill position players, which I know we care a little bit more about because you know we're we're really into fantasy football, so it makes sense that we yeah. know more about and care more about those kind of players. But I'm still very curious to see where this block of you know I feel like this mass of first round grade defenders goes as well too, because there's a lot of guys that I'm very interested in, but there's also some guys that are going to fall out of the first round. So very very interested to see how this draft shapes up, but this was a lot of fun guys. Yep. Yeah. Nothing much to add here. Yeah. I had a lot of fun too. The only problem with the draft is I get so excited and then it happens and you got to wait, what, like five months before actual games start getting played. So yeah. um, that's the only downside about the draft. Um, but yeah, one of the best times of the year. I remember last year I got really into it for the first time because it was uh, COVID and the pandemic and the lockdown and the same things happened this year. So we're looking forward to it, but this was a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, um, you, the viewer, enjoyed watching it as well. But once again, uh, we're the Zone Defense Podcast. Um, in addition to our NFL draft coverage, we'll also have additional off-season NFL content, including previews for the 2021 season. We'll also have some fantasy mock drafts once the real draft is over. Um, like Chris said, we'll start going through all those. So um, be sure to look out for those, as well as Chris and I are continuing our weekly Zone Defense Basketball Hour. Um, the playoffs are right around the corner, so you don't want to miss any of those. Um, and make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Spotify and Twitter at Zone Defense Pod, and search us on Apple Podcasts. Smash that like button and drop a comment down below. Please let us know what you thought of all of our picks. Which ones did you like? Which ones did you not like? Uh, which ones would you have done differently? Please let us know. We love reading all your comments. Um, but yeah, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Peace. See ya.